0: Welcome to Becoming Iconic, a global multimedia and mentorship brand that will lift you into having the most exceptional lifestyle and business. I am your host, Jen Spiegel. And as a mom of four, a seven-figure high-performance mentor, editor of a magazine, and the host of this top podcast, I have a lot to share with you. This podcast has been created to talk about all of those things that will support you in both your life, business, as well as leadership. I believe in having a life in business that gives you ultimate fulfillment and this gets to be your reality. That's why most conversations here will shift many of the paradigms that you've likely been participating in. Be ready to be stretched in both your thinking and in your doing. You will hear advice and wisdom from my 16 plus years of experience building businesses globally, alongside of raising a family, and you'll also hear from many other industry moguls. Don't forget to follow on your favorite social media platform. It's simply Becoming Iconic. And while you're there, check out the most recent edition of the Becoming Iconic magazine. I just want you to know something. You're in the right place, and I want to thank you for being here. So this Becoming Iconic podcast is really about liberation. And liberation for you, but also liberation for me. There's a definite personal side to this with this most incredible guest, Alexa Bowditch. So, she is, if you don't know, an incredible sex coach and also the owner of That Sex Chick. So, it is a business that supports love and sex coaches. But beyond that, to me, when if I were to describe it in my own words, from what I see through Alexa, is this liberation. And women really stepping into their personal power and owning all the facets of who we are. And this conversation, I was just saying to Alexa before we hit record, feels really uncomfortable for me in a good way. And I'm ready to have more of these conversations because as women, I'm starting to recognize even in my own life how we can be like really tidy. And we've been taught to be tidy and private and what is proper and what is not. And we're burning some of that down, but I still believe like in my own world, I can speak for myself. There's still a lot to be brought down. And so you feel like the most perfect person to have this conversation with, to open up the doors for something I've never spoken about on this podcast. Mm. And that is sex, being in our feminine and specifically how that can support us in our lives and businesses. So welcome to the show. I am so glad you're here. Yay. Me too. Thank you for having me, Jen. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So here's the thing: I want us to go in, and then I think we're going to learn a lot through you and of you, just in the discussion. Sure. I believe I'm of the belief that as a I, I identify as a female entrepreneur, that I really function well in my masculine. So to build this business, I have learned to get things done. I've been brought up in the hustle culture, and I'm really efficient at that. But what I notice is because I work from home, I have four children, my husband's home most of the time, this starts to ripple into my family. So I walk into the living room to him in my masculine, in this like get things done efficient way that robs us often of the rich experiences that I believe a relationship could have. I also wonder how my business could be served by being able to drop into the feminine and have this like really sacred, beautiful relationship with my husband, which I do, but I know there's more to it. Can you talk to me a little bit about what you see in terms of entrepreneurs and that masculine that we allow into our homes?
1: Yeah. Well, first off I can say I resonate with that, you know. I don't have four kids, and I'm technically in the window of newlywed. So my husband and I have been married almost a year. This month, at the end of uh, this current month, I we will have been married a year, and so I don't have all the answers, and I'm figuring it out. But I play a role in a lot of people's relationships, hundreds if if not thousands at any given time. I'm all up in their business, and I am definitely a student of relationships, and for. A big part in that is because I didn't have healthy love and healthy relationships and healthy communication and conflict resolution. I didn't have that modeled for me growing up. So um, I knew that I didn't want to do things the way that I was shown it, but I didn't have a model for what it could look like. And so I've been on this, I'm sure will be a perpetual journey of how do I stay in love with the person that I choose? to give my life, to share my life with um, and to be devoted to. And so my mother was in the military uh, and she's retired military now. And so Senior Master Sergeant Dondra, and I, you know, I am very public, you know, my mom and I have had public conversations about her journey and, and all of that. And she has been married five times. And so I always understood that relationships were basically this revolving door, you know, out with one in with new one. And, you know, when things get tough, you just be done, you know, like hit the cancel button, you know, the abort mission and You know, get a new lease on life. And so the pattern and the theme that continued showing up for me in relationships was, well, I don't need you anyway, because my biological father exited the scene when I was three. And so for me, it was all these men are not my father. And my mom is this strong woman that often was the boss of the people that she would be in relationships with. So I saw this strength and that's what I had modeled for me. And it was women get things done. Women are the ones that put the food on the table and raise the kids and have the job and can do it all. And in a lot of ways, I, I felt empowered by that. And I could go to college and I can have the career and I could do it all. And there is something so beautiful about a woman who can do so many things and there's so much to womanhood. And as I got older, and continue to operate in that way, I realize if I, if I model all of these, you know, the ways that I saw it, I'm not going to have a truly fulfilling life. Like I really deeply desire it to be. And so the things that you're, you're sharing about what you're seeing in other entrepreneurs, which I also female entrepreneur, um, And like, this is the, this is the plan that was always supposed to happen for me, (laughs) you know, where I'm just like constantly a student of like masculine, feminine dynamics. And how do I create polarity and all that? So anyway, you know, becoming a student of like, how do I do this differently has been, has, has essentially thrown me in the fire over and over again so that I could choose for certain things that were passed down to me, you know, ways of being for me to choose this ends with me. And I'm willing to risk all of the things that I believe about myself to fall completely apart in a relationship. And so that my relationship can hold me and I can put myself back together in a way that I truly desire myself to show up in the world until the cycle again ensues. And I'm in another phase in life where it's all got to come crumbling down. I've got to put it all back together. Um, and so when it comes to, you know, if I use my personal relationship, you know, because I'll, I'll mention like people that I've worked with at times, you know, my personal relationship is definitely the thing that you're uh, describing here. Like right now, I had things to do in my day and I have calls scheduled and I have clients to hold and I have podcast recordings to be a part of and I have a team to manage and I have all these things. And I, you know, this is my time where I have high T, you know, my testosterone is high. I'm in my masculine. I'm holding a lot. and and the world is really reflected. It's really great when I hold, cause I'm good at it. You know, like some women are really, really like we're especially naturally inclined, or we've been gifted the things handed down by our parents and all of that and generations before, like make us equipped for this. Um, and a lot of times like mothering in general just seems very masculine. Like I've got to keep organization. I've got to keep them fed and I've got to, run the household, like that in general can be. So even women who are not like running their own businesses can be caught in this space of like, I don't know how to essentially put my dick away so that I can then go be in the presence of my significant other. You know, if you have a male partner and then it's, you know, I I don't know how to put this away just so that I can transition to being a soft, loving, feminine creature. And some women just have, you know, I, I even say that and they're just like, everything contracts in them you know, thinking like I have to go run my own business and make all these decisions and do all these things. And then the work that is required in order for me to now show up for my husband in a way that he really wants me to show up and just feels like another big thing to do. So I'm aphelia and I'm with you in a sense. And I'm not sure if that like really answered the question, so to speak, but that was basically, I took that you know, basically as an opportunity to be like, I am also very much in this work, just like my clients are and just like you
0: might be, Jen. Yeah, and I think we just really painted the picture for what this conversation gets to be like, because when you said like, now I have to do this, how many times I've had conversations with my female friends and they're like, oh my gosh, I've done all these things. I got so much done today. And then I just want to go to bed and he's poking at me. And now I've got to be there for you. And it's a shame. I can't say I'm not, like that's crossed my mind. You know, those have been moments for me, like really you now. (laughs) And it's like, even sad to say out loud because that shouldn't be the way it is. But I have found that. Moving from my masculine, and it was interesting you even said motherhood is masculine. I just need to posit that too, because that was a huge light bulb moment for me. Because what I was realizing is in motherhood, because I'm in, I'm the mother, I'm in my feminine, but no, I've been in the masculine of get the homework done, lunches need to be made, go have your shower, brush your teeth first. Like it's this driving force. Yeah. I don't even know if I, I'm just being really vulnerable in this podcast. I don't even know if I know how to be in my feminine as a mom.
1: Yeah. Well, you're in your feminine as a mom whenever someone gets a bobo and you say, Come here, sweetheart. It's okay. And if, oh, did you have a tough day and you're emotionally available? And like some parents also have a challenging time with that because that also requires a switch to be flipped in some ways. Right. You know, instead of looking at your little one that might have scraped them, you know, like fell or something, and you're like, You're okay versus like, Oh, I bet that was scary. And I, I imagine that that hurt. And how do you feel right now? You know, it's like flipping into like feeling, you know, versus, and, and that's, you know, I have, I don't, I only have fur babies, so I can't say that I like fully know what it's like to be in that every day, but I have been a daughter, you know, so I can speak on that from that perspective. And I can imagine that it's challenging at times where it's like, well, we just, you know, we don't have time for you to lose it while you don't like the thing that you're wearing and you don't want to put your shoes on. And like, we, we have a thing to go to, you know, it's it's just continuing that driver kind of thing. But I've, I totally understand the like, I don't even know if, I know what it's like to be like feminine in motherhood.
0: Right. But you described that well. So you're going to mm-hmm. be a great mama if you choose to be. <sighs>
1: We're working on it.
0: I saw that. So I was like, I think I I know where you're going with that. But yeah. Yeah. So here's where I'd love to go. I'd love to go on this podcast with something that I teach, but that you teach even more. And that is the all life, meaning we don't have to sacrifice our marriage and our happiness and joy within that in order to build a business and teach us. Teach us how do we effectively build the business, be in that leadership role, and then have this sexy, rich, luscious, fulfilling, loving partnership. What do, what can we do to have that? Have the both.
1: Yeah. So I also am on a journey, and a part of my mission is to have it all, because mm-hmm. I believe that I can have it all, and I have faith in my partnership, and that I've chosen wisely, um, and so for me, what I think winds up standing out to a lot of women, you know, let's say I'm in a room and I'm filled with a bunch of like kind of type A alpha female run their own business and and i ask questions about their business they're really inspired and excited about what they're doing and their legacy and what they're able to create in the world and a lot of times really fueled and turned on in some ways um, by the power that that feels and the even the dynamism of running a business and highs and the lows and the celebrations and all those things and i totally get it it, it i know those feels for sure i ride the roller coaster myself but When I'm in the room with them and then I start asking them, you know, like, what are your ideas for your business? And they're like, just flowing them out. Like, we could do this or we could do that or we could do this or we could do that. And then I go, okay, well, tell me about your relationship. You have the same ideas. Do you know yourself inside of your relationship like you know yourself inside your business? So then if I ask you the question, what do you want? And it is like deer in the headlight or almost overwhelming. You know, like I think that's one of the the, the main things is that uh, women oftentimes don't really know what they want, and they're not really sure what's available or possible. And sometimes they create these roles over years and years in a relationship where their male partner, they're in a heterosexual, you know, normative relationship. They're in their male partner uh, with their male partner, and they start reacting in a particular way you start reacting in a particular way. And then there becomes these um, assumptions and expectations and even resentments about how you're both operating in your relationship. And some women think, well, it's fine for me to listen to a podcast with that sex chick where she talks about her husband meeting her at the airport with a blindfold, a collar, and a ball gag and says, I'm not driving away until you put all these things on. And be like, oh, that's so hot because my husband has done that for me. I was also like kind of throwing a fit in the airport and that was what he did in order to get me back into my body. He like kind of threw me completely off and that was definitely all learned behaviors for him. But you know, it's, it's one thing like here, oh, well, good for her. Good for her that she has that in her relationship, that they both already liked that going into it. There can be a lot of assumption about that. However, I work with so many people to redefine and recreate and reclaim what that gets to be for them. Because where you who are listening are at now doesn't have to be your forever. You're a cyclical, seasonal, ever-changing being. Women change every day. Their hormonal landscape changes every single day, regardless if they are actually bleeding or if they've crossed over and they've, you know, I don't even want to say like crossover, it's almost like they became a vampire. Like they <laughs> have gone through menopause and like their cycle is different. They're still changing every day. It's a part of who we are. And and to ignore it is to then stay stuck in a season. Seasons end. Winter eventually turns to spring, eventually turns to fall where things fall away, where things then die and then new life is created. And that's happening all the time. And I think so many women fight that um, in their relationships and in their sexuality. And as they continue to grow and blossom as a woman, and they're almost able to embrace it in their business, you know, but the same thing is going on inside of yourself and inside of your relationship dynamics. And you can always make changes. And I find that when it comes to matters of the heart, women are the leaders. We are the leaders. And this is, I'm paraphrasing something that um, I've heard one of my mentors, Annie Lala, say over and over again, which is is that women are the leaders in love. So you can't really expect your, your, of course, your husband is like, oh, well, now I want to connect with you because this is what we do. This is how we, this is the acceptable form of love, right? You know, but... To a woman, it's like, oh, this is another thing I'm my to-do. However, it's like, why do I have to just keep leading all the time? Why can't I be taken care of? But you've created a landscape that doesn't support that. And you can create that, but it will take work, which means prioritizing. Well, you know, you zoom out and you look at your business and you look at your relationship and you look at your family, which one actually matters the most. And if something in you draws you towards the business, it's time for you to sit with that. And know that the people that you love and care about and the children that you've brought into the world and the relationship that you have with maybe their father or the person that you are yet that you are with, your relationships matter the most. And that's a statement, not something that's like got a question mark on the end. It's a statement. These matter the most. And your business isn't going anywhere and it's gonna be there. And if you take pause to reprioritize and reconfigure, The internal battle that you as an individual and as a woman will have to do is some of the greatest personal development you will ever go through. And that is recommitting to your partnership. And that is being willing to fall completely apart in the unknown because you don't know who you are there. And essentially creating an environment where your partner, your male partner, can hold you. And that can be challenging for someone who has prided themselves and who has gotten really good at holding everybody else. It's very much a personal journey and it isn't comfortable and that's womanhood. Like I think every time like I'm getting ready to start my period I'm like fuck. I wish I could not dread this lead up, you know, where I want to like murder everyone around me or I'm like, (laughs) it's the week before I'm going to have my period. I'm like so irritated. But the thing is that I'm typically putting things in my life when I know this isn't going to change this lead up to my period. It's the same every time. So I'm not crazy and I'm not unpredictable. If I actually look at myself, I'm pretty steady, but with my cycles and my seasons. And so I also happen to think that when it comes to A dynamic within a relationship, the disconnect, the dissatisfaction, the irritation that comes from with inside a woman is a marker of the whole family dynamic is ready for the next level. So she is a beacon of hope and light to what is to come. And not just someone to squash and try to soothe and people please, it's listen to her. And I'm a bit on a mission to have more women bow at, more more men to bow at the feet of the woman who is feeling uncontrollable. Because she is telling you, the man in her life, the family in her life, we're ready for the next level. Follow me. Mm-hmm. And then when he can look at her and go, wow, we're doing this, now I'll hold the vision. You have your inspiration. You're the muse for our next transformation. And to have like the light bulb come on for men to go, wow, okay, now I know. Now I hold our family in this. And so they then know what to do. And that, of course, can feel like a little bit like crunchy, kind of fluffy, almost woo kind of way to talk about it. But it is what's present. Like it is really what's happening. And I found more relationships when they honor those cycles and seasons and the dissatisfaction and the crunch and the tension that comes up for the woman when we just don't try to placate it and people please it, when we actually be with it, like allow it to happen. And then of course the woman has to actually allow it to come forward. Everything's better on the other side. Spring's after winter.
0: I don't know if you could tell, but I got emotional a couple of times with you talking.
1: Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: It's real shit. I think I've been craving for a woman to advocate for this. And I don't, I've never known the words, but you just articulated it in the most beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're so welcome. I hope everybody listens to this podcast. (laughs) Now I have snotty nose and tears falling down my face. I'm just so happy. I'm just so Mm -hmm. happy to see it brought forward in such a beautiful, serving way. Rather than this, these tensions, these points of tension being that there's something is wrong. You just said, what if everything is right and she is leading the family? And but how do we get there so i have yeah. to think there's other people maybe on the other end of this crying and weeping too <laughs> and that's what we desire but how do we start building that in our relationship that trust it almost feels really really vulnerable but also a lot of trust that how can we how can we lead that
1: yeah it i i'm not going to sugarcoat it it's fucking hard and i'm saying the effort like you have an explicit tag on your podcast so you just tell me if I should replace that word with something else.
0: We're good. We have okay, grown great. ups.
1: <laughs> okay, great. Everyone's grown. Grown ass women. People. Grown ass <laughs> people. Great. So it it isn't easy. And it that's why it's not for everyone. I know so many relationships that pull the plug. But there's I see this as two different types of discomfort. So you have the discomfort that you're currently possibly experiencing, which is I'm not all that happy and I'm deriving happiness from other things, from my power, from my success, from my go, 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 from all the things that I have doubled down on to, to be better at, um, and so there's this discomfort that the relationship, now we're kind of like we're great co-parents or we're uh, really great as a team and we work really well together and there is love there. There's respect and there's love. But what about our relationship, Our our sexual chemistry, our polarity, our ability to flirt with each other, enjoy life together, not just be good at life? Together, but really, like, there's a love that's possible in partnership, a freedom within the depths, the deepest depths of commitment, and a sex unlike anything that anyone could ever know is present in deep commitment. How do you get there? So, there's a discomfort of like knowing that other people have it possibly. And just knowing that there's more, there's this discomfort. I know that there's more and I'm actually like kind of irritated and I'm going through tension. And there's almost like this false belief that maybe one day it'll change. Like when the kids are a little bit older and we have a little bit more freedom and they can go stay at other people's houses or they go to college. There's like always this hope that like eventually maybe it will get better. You know, while all the years keep going on and there's resentments and things that just keep getting brushed under the rug. And then you've got you know, uh, some of the surefire ways to lead to the end of the relationship is stonewalling contempt, uh, defensiveness. So having some of the, you know, the horsemen of the relationship apocalypse, according to the Gottman Institute, they have like whole books and write-ups about these are the things that will end your relationship, whether now or later. So, you know, there's this idea that you can like have those things present and like, at some point they'll eventually fizzle and like maybe something will change that typically doesn't happen i don't know if i've ever seen it happen like it it takes true work and coming back together breaking down before you can break through and come back together so anyway back to the discomfort so that's one type of discomfort is long lasting and standing kind of false hope, i would say versus blind faith like i don't know what's going to happen but i have faith that through the tough we're going to get through it and it's going to be great so let's study discomfort here's the other discomfort being willing to in a moment risk everything. So this discomfort is long. It's like this kind of dull ache that builds and is like super frustrating. And then like we go through like a kind of good season, but then the dull ache is back versus I can't live like this anymore. And I, I have at least some level of faith that we can get through it and I'm not going to try to control my emotions or your emotions and I'm going to have a little mini, I don't I don't typically like the word like blow it up, but I'm kind of going to blow it up. Meaning I'm going to bear it all and in a sense risk it all because what do I have what could possibly what could i possibly stand to lose by bringing all these feelings this dissatisfaction this um i'm unhappy with myself and like the direction this is going and this goes beyond just a couple of tips or tricks you read on a relationship blogger's website or like in cosmo like this is beyond beyond just like trying a new scheduling system you know like this is this is the real shit so you go to your person and you say I got to tell I I've been holding a lot in and I want to tell my truth. And I don't know where this is going to go and maybe you'll reject me and maybe you won't look at me the same. And and the thing is that everything that you've known about each other and about your relationship is essentially going to shift. And that change and that shifting feels like a moment of death almost. However, on the other side of it, what's possible on the other side? So that's like a really intense moment of discomfort versus discomfort until the relationship ends, you know? And so I, I typically will, uh, when I'm working with groups of people, I'm working with a woman, I'm like, what discomfort are you? And I, I'm okay with whichever one you choose. I'm going to support you in getting the most out of your relationship, no matter which one you choose. However, everything that you desire that you don't even know is possible. Is on the other side of telling your truth and creating space for your partner to do it too, where you hold each other and something else is calling to me, to us. And I watch women a lot of times like approach their significant other and they're just like writhing essentially, like in the discomfort of I can't live my life like this anymore. You know, and so many people hit the exit button when they don't need to. There's, there's a death in a sense um, of the relationship as they know it to create something even more beautiful that you've now both intentionally chosen to recommit to mm. instead of just staying with the kids or staying because we're married or whatever. So, you can tell me how that's landing.
0: Yeah, it's to me, I'm just noticing it's like this death for a rebirth, yeah. which I love. And I'm also noticing that it gets to deepen the relationship because you've allowed yourselves to show unconditional love. So I think we all crave that, right? Like that person that will be by us no matter what. And I don't believe we often give that person the chance to be beside us no matter what, right? We we don't want to ruffle feathers. We don't want to have those hard conversations because we're so worried about the other side. But what if the other side is like, wow, I got to see how deep his love was for me, his commitment to us as a family Yeah. as a result of having this conversation.
1: And sometimes the person, you know, let's say that we'll use the woman in this, uh, Scenario or this, you know, telling of this metaphorical story, the letting the love in is a part of the issue because he's there holding and loving all the parts. And a lot of times for her, it's some of the parts that she's been ignoring and is really struggling with. And he's not going anywhere and he's possibly just sitting there in it with with her. And it's like, impossible it's like i can't I can't hold it I can't do it so like there is for a lot of women a, a big uh, there's a layer of like i don't even know how to let this love in right now I've built so much armor around me to protect me and our family and this version of myself that i've that I've created and it's like but in this moment, like letting this love in challenges all of it and makes it kind of volatile and makes it very feminine. Mm.
0: Oh, you speak such great truths, and this has got to be hitting home for a lot of people. Because what I'm noticing too is the vulnerability. So that, to me, is leading into the feminine. So you know, we we have this armor. This is who I am, and how I function, and how I get things done. We're bringing that into our relationships, and we come to a point where we're sort of facing it and having crucial conversation, and and being honest and real. And I can imagine the man on the other side being like, finally. Mm -hmm. I recently had a client who was functioning in this way. She's very much in her masculine. And I said to her, when's the last time like your husband rubbed your feet or poured you a glass of wine? And she snickered. She's like, I don't need him to pour me a glass of wine. And rub my feet like that. No, that does like that's not my thing. And I, I challenged her. I said, What if you just asked him to cook you dinner tonight? And when he's cooking dinner, if you said, Would you mind pouring me a glass of that wine we have in the, you know, in the cupboard or wherever it is? Mm-hmm. And she boxered me later that night and said, The joy my husband is feeling right now, what I am experiencing in my relationship is blowing my mind. And I've realized yeah. how much I've been missing. And it was so beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, in the, and that is so sweet and so beautiful. Like like the ability to receive is very feminine, but I think it gets, um, you know, like you could have someone come onto a podcast and you could say like, how can, how can, you know, female entrepreneurs who are very go, 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 and maybe kind of type A, or maybe all the way type A, uh, How can they be more feminine? And you might have someone on the other side of the podcast going, oh, well, you know, how much pleasure are you having in your everyday life? And like, are you enjoying the meals that you're eating? And like, they might give all these like things that you can do. And it's like, oh, listen to music and dance. And those things are great. But to just go, you know what? I need to be more feminine. Let me put that song on and then like try to force it out of myself is a very masculine way of trying to evoke your feminine. Mm -hmm. You know, I think for people who have built a lot of years of creating and crafting the life and the business that have brought them into this place, they're holding so much in that, you know, what is also feminine is feeling your feelings, all of them, to the depths of them until the well is fucking dry. So to be there to like, let's say your partner meets you in some way, and maybe you ask for them too, and you go, I don't want you to fix anything. I want you to hold me. I don't want you to say a damn word. I want you to hear me. I want you to stay here in the fire with me, and I don't want you to fucking move. And you just let it out. And that doesn't mean be mean doesn't mean be mean. That means take personal responsibility for where you're at and share and share and share. And then to be met by someone that goes, what else? What else? What else is in there? What else is in there? Until you're spent and you are a pool of supple, vulnerable, connectable, you know, like, oh, I can be inside of myself. And then, oh, let's put on a song. And then, oh my gosh, something in you just inspires you. That's feminine, inspires you to put the music on, inspires you to dance, inspires you to enjoy the meal, inspires you to appreciate the little things. You can't just go, okay, at two o'clock, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to share my gratitude for the flowers in my garden. You know, it's like, that's, you can do that. And I would challenge that, you know, that's probably not going to create sustainable intimacy and that's intimacy within yourself cuz imagine how much you love yourself if you allow yourself to do these things which is share fully and completely and it, and i'm saying it like oh yeah we well, just okay well let me just schedule a time where i'm going to go you know husband man uh how about at 3 p.m. tomorrow i see you've got a window here how about you just come hold space for me while i lose my shit <laughs> you know Like it isn't, it's messy and that's feminine. And then it leads to beautiful creations. And that's also feminine. Mm. You know, the times where you burn your business to the ground and you go, fuck it, I'm going to start over. And you're like, holy shit, I didn't know that was possible. Feminine. And there's ebbs and there's flows. And like I said, there's seasons, right? And if the woman is a river flowing and is chaos and violent and peaceful, and reverent you know like something to be to revere than the riverbanks are the masculine that hold her in place to be free you know and you and your significant other are going to hold opposite poles mm. you know at times there are again you know i think of it i've heard it described before as a slinky where one's propelling forward and then the other one is like kind of like happy and staying almost stagnant. And then because the other one propelled forward, she's like, Nope, you're coming with me. And then he's like, ah, I hate it. And then he lands. And then she's like, See, it's cool here. And they pause for a minute. And then that momentum hurls her again into the unknown. And then she lands. And so, you know, it's just, and the thing is like, if I think that if people can have like a zoomed out appreciation, For this clusterfuck of life, this beautiful, this is aliveness, I think that they can, you know, inspire a little more grace with the process and go, oh, this is just a, this is temporary. You know, what we're going through is temporary, which is bittersweet, right? What makes something bittersweet is that it's like a little like, oh, it doesn't taste good, but it's so sweet at the same time where you can feel two emotions. That's an evolved creature when you can feel two or more emotions and sensations that are on opposite ends of the spectrum at the same time. So like in your moments of joy, you're also experiencing grief because you understand that it's temporary, which in return has you feel even more joy. Mm, and it's the same when it fucking sucks. It's like when you're able to laugh at how bad
0: it sucks. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So here's what I feel. I would love for you cuz I feel like we we really we we paint a picture of where we were going to go and you've given such solid advice and you may tell you how to do it. Ooh, this is a good podcast. I would love, because I do feel like there's a level of encouragement maybe she needs. She's hearing this, she's getting it. And there's like this little bit of courage that needs to happen to to just behave differently, do something a little differently. Would you cast a vision for her of what it feels like in her life and business to be in her feminine, to be totally connected with her partner? What can happen? What's the magic? Mm.
1: Mm. Okay. I have a couple of things that came up first that are going to lead me to the question that I might ask you to repeat in a moment. Uh, but the first thing that I want to say for people is that you don't have to do this alone because outside of your relationship is your friendships. And so I couldn't do what I do in my work and I couldn't have the relationship that I have without Exceptional friendships, and I know a lot of entrepreneur women have a lot of surface level relationships that they meet at like networking events or they're connected with online. They're those are not. I'm just like also not going to sugarcoat this. This is these are not real relationships. Relationships are people that you legitimately go into, like you're in life with, like you're doing the dance of life with. It's not always just pushing. You know, it's not always roses. And so I find like when people have friendships and they're kind of all scattered around and they're like, yeah, I got great girlfriends, like you might talk every day, but you're not in the shit together. So when you have really amazing, as unbiased as you can possibly have friendships that are not on your side, they're on the side of your love. They're on the side of what's actually best for you and your partnership and your family, which doesn't mean vilify him and commiserate with you so it's choosing a really good community and it's really important for your unit to have community so that the the greatest thing that you know if to me I think I really love my work like I I cry tears of ja- gratitude gratitude <laughs> that'd be like joy and gratitude I cry tears of gratitude almost daily because I feel so where I'm supposed to be in my work and that feels so good but it also feels really good to have Other things in my life that matter just as much, if not more. Like, I cry tears of gratitude for the friendships that I continue to show up for. So, I know a lot of entrepreneur women, like, the greatest thing about them is their business. What if the greatest thing about you and your partnership is the friends and the community that you've cultivated that support you in the moments when you're feeling super low or you're going through a cycle or a season that everyone else is going to go through at different times? Chronic health challenges, a death in the family, kids being sick, like whatever it is, or losing a job, whatever the, the big rock, you know, the things that like rock relationships. If you don't have the support system around you, it's hard for your significant other to be all of that. It's too much of an ask. That's not their role. It's not their sacred role. It's a sacred role of the community that you also get to build together. Okay. So, and individually. So I have that. And then the other thing is, there's people who you know like myself i it's almost like i didn't have a choice this is where i'm supposed to be and i love it i love it like this is this is my work if it all like just went away and all the aspects of the business went away and i had all the money in the world i would still be doing this work because i love it and i and there's i know many people in this space that have free masterclasses and workshops and group programs, and they do one-on-one coaching. Um, and of course, I always love when people go to therapy too and understand their their past, to understand their past and understand their patterns and habits. And as soon as someone like that comes and works with me, I'm like, oh, you know where a lot of your blind spots are. Now I can help you and encourage you in working on you know what you want in your present moment and in your future. And all that to say is you don't have to do all of this alone you don't run your business by yourself, right? You have contractors or you have employees or you have people that you rely on in order to be successful in your business. And a lot of entrepreneurs get to a place where they realize like, oh, if I want to go to the next level, I have to hire someone. Yeah. So like, that's the same in your relationship too. So hire some friends, some like really great friends and like, have your, have your, you know, let me see your resume. Are you going to show up when my world's falling apart? Are you not a friend only when it's convenient? Are you going to text me? You know, so, you know, you've hired your significant other to play a very sacred role in your life too, which is to show you all the things that are in the way of you being the best version of yourself. So they have a sacred role too. Everybody, you've hired them all, right? Maybe some of you have some positions open, but go fill them. Right. Okay. So then when it comes to the other part of your question or like the actual question that
0: you asked me, can you repeat it? (laughs) Yeah. Like, can you just cast a vision for us? Yeah. Of having it all specifically, I, I believe in relationship. I really want this podcast to leave her aching to go in with her relationship. Can you cast that vision for her?
1: hmm So I ran a retreat, uh, about a month ago and there was someone who attended that going through the experience and the, the whole retreat was about, uh, feminine embodiment. It's called the fully embodied woman. And we went through all of the different, some of the different feminine archetypes and leveraging, you know, the archetype of the huntress or the sorceress or The maiden, which is very light and playful, and you know, and we're just playing around and like, uh, essentially having a group of women that were remembering parts of themselves and realizing that they, a lot of them typically operate in some like one or two comfortable archetypes, and there's there's other expressions, and so the whole thing is just like really playful and really really special, like held that people can just feel their feelings and try things on. Anyway, throughout the experience. I I knew that there was something going on in her relationship, but I knew that her and her partner, and she's a multi a multi million dollar business entrepreneur, runs the whole thing, and her husband's also really high in the military. So they both have this kind of type uh, personality where you know and when we playfully joke in our business that we say both dicks are out where it's like how, no one's receiving here like both ones are trying to get things done we're just like sword fighting all the time like kind of oscillating around each other like not able to get too close um and so you know i i felt like i appreciated the relationship and she was speaking about like her family and it just sounded like she had a really good understanding of like what was actually going on post retreat it was things are as bad as they've ever been. And then I, well, the thing was, I, what wound up inspiring when, when you go to an experience like a retreat or a conference or workshop or masterclass, anything like that, where you're like in a container, there are things that, and I'm speaking very generally here, that you will see that you can't unsee afterwards. Aspects of yourself, you are no longer going to entertain ignoring desires, wants, there's more from life. There's so much more from life. And then sometimes it's this idea that I can't get these things with the person that I chose. Like I created this life and because of who they are, like I can't have them with this person. And so there's the, I'm going to blow it up or pull the plug or something like that. You know, we're going to entertain the D word, you know, divorce. And it's like, whoa, 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 hang on. There's a lot of steps before you get there, and a lot of people don't realize how many steps there are and how much work and excavation and reimagining and all that is scary. And I get, you know, that's another thing that I'm not going to sugarcoat. It's not easy when you're like, "Well, I'm going to flounder in the unknown with someone I've been in a relationship with for over a decade that I think I know everything about. They poop with the door open, and neither of us know who we are anymore." And we don't know where our life is going. Are you joking? You know, like that's so scary for so many people. That's terrifying to me. And, you know, for me, I'm like, I've committed to just like seeing it as it's coming and just like surrender, not go passive starfish style, you know, like surrender, but also be a participant. (laughs) Um, So anyway, back to this person, she um, started working with me privately after that. And she was like, I don't know what's going on but this can't, this can't be. So fast forward a few weeks and steady going to the conversation of do you want to have everything with your person? Do you want to do what it takes? Do you want to get to the other side and go, not only did I try everything, but I fully showed up for what is possible. And if on the other side of fully showing up and having a million and five difficult conversations and getting completely raw and real and unbound and being untamed and just like putting it in the fire. If you still don't want to do it with that person, then you emerge as two creatures that have a lot of clarity that are going to part your ways amicably that, that no, you look at that person heart to heart. We gave it fucking everything. And this is actually what's best for us. Or are you willing to do all of that? and forge your relationship anew. So um, I got a text from her maybe a week ago that said, like, like actually several weeks before it was, I don't know, this is bad, this is bad. And then I said, here's a book, give this book to him. Here's a recommendation. Here, do these exercises on your long drive you're about to go into. I want you to consider this, this, and this. A week goes by and she goes for the first time in a very long time. Do I feel true hope? that i can have everything i want inside my marriage. So there's the vision is be willing to get messy and uncomfortable and to feel the depths of all of your emotions, which is a very feminine thing to do, and allow your partner to also feel his and also hold you in yours. And then what's possible is really sweet inspired sexual connection, natural organic flirting, Uh, adventure, spontaneity, excitement, um, seduction, a, a, a want, a deep want to not just like do life well together, but make love to life and make love to each other and try new things and, and like a, like a playful curiosity of who else are you? what else is here? And it isn't possible unless you go to the depths first and know that eventually the high that you get to is going to create more routine and then more possible, a different level of crunchiness, tension, dissatisfaction, and you'll do it over again. (laughs) And you'll do it over again. Only after you do it the first time, I can just about guarantee the second, third, however many times you're going to look at each other. And because you've already done it, you know, you're on the same team. Like Jordan and I, we're going through a season. We're going through one of the most difficult seasons that we have gone through. And we look, and we are, and I don't know if we've ever been more connected. Mm. It's difficult, but we stay connected, but like, and we stay in want. For each other. It's like we're we're approaching the crunchy thing and we look at each other and we go, fucking bring it. Because you're on my team, bring it. And that's so special. So that's what's possible. And then what else is possible in your family unit? Is that your children or your family are able to see healthy conflict resolution. They're able to see people who are feeling their emotions. Now, how you express it all is, you know, your decision. But I grew up with a mom that I never knew when things were bad. I never knew it. Like it was happening completely away from me. And all of a sudden I was just told this person's not going to come around anymore. And I'm like, great. Well, I'm glad I didn't get close to them. they leave. Right. So like, that's what I would. So I, in some ways, and, and I always think like, as I tell myself this, as I prepare for parenthood, I'm going to fuck them up in some totally unique ways. I don't (laughs) even know yet. Like, but, but I know the one, I know the ways I'm not going to fuck them up. At least I have an idea. Right. because i'm i'm alchemizing those things meaning i'm taking them you know as what was like shit handed to me and i'm turning it into gold essentially you know so it'll be other unique ways that i don't see coming however i do have some really close friends that got to experience really healthy relationships in their lives and what they work through in order to live a really great life is very different in some ways i look at that as being charmed in a sense and not from a envious but maybe like a little bit jealous, like, and like I didn't get to have it, but I also am actively choosing like, this was my path. And it was in this body and this consciousness this time around that these things end in my lineage. How fucking cool is that? You know? So I feel purpose in it. So did that paint
0: vision? Oh, it painted a vision. It painted a vision. And I, I feel like this was a conversation that I've been aching for because it's one of many. And I I wonder if there'll be a part two of you and I, and I I foresee that happening where we keep saying we want to be liberated women. (sighs) And it's, I feel like we don't even understand what that really means in certain ways. And I feel like it's a really cliche um, surfacey thing to say, like I'm a liberated woman. There's it's really complex. And there's a lot to that, and there's a huge responsibility in it and I'm all for it ready to sign up i'm well I've signed up i'm I'm in it but i've been I have been aching for this particular conversation because I cannot be someone that supports women to build businesses that sacrifice their homes and this is why I was so grateful to have you on as that like tie the the person that came with me to to tell them that they can have it all. And this is your zone. You're the person for them to reveal that in their relationships. And I'm so grateful for that. I was also, I, I have to say this too. And before we close the conversation is there's so much more to you than just this conversation. I feel like this was the depths of you, but there's also this really playful, fun, sexual side to you that is stretchy and as women also kind of shows where maybe we are not as liberated as we think because it's like ooh I'm shy or that's naughty or I'm too tidy for that you know all these things so I want to be an encourager for everybody listening to go and follow alexa and learn and listen and read the words and wonder about yourself like hmm why is that triggering me or why am I uncomfortable with this or ooh, that sounds really amazing because I really do. I I follow a lot of people and I know a lot of people and you do it in such a welcoming, beautiful way. And I have to edify you on this podcast and say thank you from a woman to a woman Mm. because you're doing a great job at showing us what's possible.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. And And I was thinking that too, as I like sit here and I look at the time and how much time has gone by that we've been recording. like, I haven't even talked about sex yet, (laughs) you know? Well, but here's the thing. If you don't, if you don't really tend to this foundation that we've been talking about throughout this whole episode is if you don't tend to this foundation, none of the kinky, interesting, edgy things are going to work for you. You know, how do you find what's, what, how do you create safety with your partner so that you want to try some of those edgy things. You know, it's got to, you got to look at that person and know that they got your back. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's so much more.
0: There is. And you did lay that foundation because the whole time I I did want to go there, but this conversation is when you were talking, I was like, this is it. If we don't have this, how are we going to feel safe and vulnerable to explore and be exposed in ways that we've never even envision for ourselves. So I do have a magazine and I, when you were talking, I was like, Ooh, we could do a really cool feature for February for love month on that and bring it forward to the audience. So let's have that conversation offline. But those of you listening in, you can stay tuned for that and look forward to that. But I'd love for them to go and just be in your world, be in your presence, learn through you. Where should they go? Where can they go?
1: Yeah, I appreciate that so much. And, you know, I I would say that this conversation with you is, I don't know if I've ever delivered a podcast that was like this. You know, I get asked a lot of like sex kind of oriented questions or I get asked about my story a lot, but this is some this is so real. And I'm definitely deeply moved by this subject and by this conversation. And so thank you. Thank you for giving me space to share things that are hard to put inside of a 2200 character Instagram post or on my weekly newsletter, you know, like it's, this is, um, this is the real shit. And, uh, I appreciate you for creating this platform and bringing this subject even to people who might be a little, like, this is unassuming. Like I wouldn't imagine having, you know, getting to hear this on becoming iconic. So, um, you know, the best place to find me and start is on Instagram and, and just go from there. You know the link that's in my bio. There's all kinds of free fun things, and then if there's something we're hosting or some kind of virtual thing you want to get a part of, we do free things all the time. And that's a a commitment that I've made to my community and to and to my dharma is I want it to be accessible. I love love, and I'm in the business of keeping people in love. You know, I call myself a sex coach because I am. I know a lot about sex, and the vast majority of the work that I do isn't actually giving people technique. It's what's, what else is in the bed when they show up to have sex that prevents them from having great sex is what I talk about more than. And so like, if you're in a place where your foundation is feeling really yummy, and you do want some tips and tricks, and you want, you know, my toys I recommend or the best lube for what, you know, or how to have a, a create a DS scene, dominance and submission, or some kinky things. I've got tons of that for you
0: as well. So
1: mm.
0: I'm, I'm sure they're flooding over. They're not even listening anymore. They're <laughs> over there. <laughs> I hope they are. I hope for every woman listening, she feels a little ripped open today and mm-hmm. willing and available for what's possible. So thank you for setting that for us. Thank you so much. I I genuinely was craving this conversation. So thank you for holding space for me as I ugly cried too, because I mm-hmm. I just know we have more. We have more yeah. to experience, more to offer, more to receive. And we have to be willing to learn the how and be willing to go into that in order to experience it in our lives. And it's people Mm -hmm. like you that are teaching us the ways we get to do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I will have everything linked at the bottom, friends. You know where to find her. Go and and absorb and explore and be all of you because that's really what this was all about. So thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me thank you so much for being here. Your time and presence means the world to me. If you would be so kind to leave a five-star review so more people can learn about Becoming Iconic, that would be such an act of generosity. And please go download and read the newest version of the Becoming Iconic magazine available at becomingiconic.co. Now let's go make it a great day.